Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, good people and inhabitants of planet Earth, both foreign and domestic, welcome to the Dear Human Paradox. I am your host, Darius Riddick, and I would like to thank you all for joining me once again in what is the next stage of evolution for humankind. And before we get started, in this day in history, in 1954, President Dwight Eisenhower delivers one of the most foundational speeches for 10, 20, possibly even 30 years with the concept of the domino theory. And if those of, those of you that aren't familiar with history, I'm sure you can infer with what the domino theory or domino effect is. And because that is not what we're here for today, I will leave that at the more you know. So as a quick recap, up to this point, we've discussed quite a few concepts. Um, and if you are not familiar with what we're talking about and what the Dear Human Paradox is about, I strongly suggest that you familiarize yourself with the past few episodes because in order to know where we're going, you have to know where we have been. And so far, we've discussed what the paradox is, uh, how it's going to be applicable to human evolution and, to the, and what, what this next stage of evolution is that we're even talking about, um, how it's going to do that what the theoretical principles are intended to do as a tool set. And even in the, the previous episode, so recap on a recap, <laughs> we discussed uh, a small, a very, very small portion of the first tool. And that is being the yielding mentality, this idea of flexibility and pliability of human cognition. And one of the many principles that do human frequently beats is the talk of mentality, how change or the acceptance of change goes further than just making alterations to one life, one's life. It's about questioning of, of DNA, this, this supposed limitation, uh, to human performance. Um, because technology is still evolving, because the understanding of the human machine is still evolving, we are at a point in uh, evolution where we can question some of the archaic principles that laid the foundation for us before. In times where those conclusions were made, either because technology was so limited that we could not get more information or the person that was investigating uh, the, the theory didn't have enough experience or know-how uh, to draw a better conclusion. And I'll give one of the most prominent examples is a lot of the information that's out there right now uh, as far as recommendations for exercise and, um, and healthy living and physical activity guidelines were based in one secular group, right? In the 1960s, there was a focus on a specific, and I'm, what I'm going to say, minority, uh, middle-aged white males. <laughs> I just, that, that, the, only, the best way you can put that is there was one group where most of these conclusions were drawn. And where the issue with that is, is the fact that there are cultural differences. But at the time where these conclusions were drawn, cultural differences were not included. And... Arguably, it's because 
there was a lack of a yielding mentality, a lack of pliability in the research studies. So with that, you're limited to certain facets of information. So when we talk about uh, this idea of a yielding mentality and it, the Dura Human Paradox and the tools that we present uh, in general, we talked last episode about the, the tool set is at your disposal. So something may be designed for you, but understand that as we evolve, as we talk about it more, as you put it into practical application, it may look different, but there is, we know there's a foundation, a, a conclusive foundation, but it may look different depending on the user. You can use certain tools for different uh, jobs. And that's the beauty of it. Like we understand that when we first gather this information, there were limitations, but now we have the ability to challenge those limitations. But the only way, the only way we can do that is with this idea of a yielding mentality. And in the previous episode, we talked a little bit about uh, what the stages to understanding how the discipline of psychology lays out what the yielding mentality actually is. And though it may not be a, a recognized term, Throughout the Dura Human Paradox, we talk about this, this idea of what it means to be pliable. And, it, and one of the things that we have to highlight, it is, it is not synonymous to being soft. It is not synonymous to being weak because there are very pliable um, natural and man-made materials on earth that demonstrate a, cer a certain level of extensibility and flexibility and pliability, but that doesn't mean they are soft. So the, the point is to be on uh, a, a balance. Uh, you want to be in the middle ground when it comes to this idea of a yielding mentality because too far on either side of the spectrum obviously is going to come with some form of consequences, right? If something is too soft and it's, it's very susceptible. If something is too hard, then it's not very malleable. And the problem with that is it doesn't open the gateway for, for change. It does not promote a growth mindset and Arguably, nothing can truly be accomplished without change. And what I love to relate to, and I'll do it so much more that you guys are going to get so annoyed, is this idea of the spiral by Carl Jung. When you think about a spiral, you draw a spiral. You always come over the same point that you were before, but it's above or below. So it means growth. But if one was to deny change, to, to believe that where they are in life is the best possible place that they can be. There is no getting better. There is no getting worse. Or it's that where they are is the only place that they are going to remain. And that's it. Understandably, with that kind of mindset, human evolution would halt in its tracks. Because how can one evolve without change? How can one adapt without change? How can one go above or below without this idea of change? You move forward, but it's always above, below. It's always outward. There is still some progress. And a lack of change or lack of willingness to change is, is characterized by stasis. You, you're not going anywhere. So all that to lead to why we talk about this so frequently and why it is such a crucial point of 
the Dura-Human Paradox. One of the things I, I, I discussed in the first episode is a little bit about my background and being in the military. So <clears throat> although the, the service uh, perspective looks different for, for everyone, depending on their background, uh, their motivation, their arousal, how, uh, what kind of, what kind of framework that they create for themselves in, in terms of, uh, their service. One thing is true that across the board, that simplicity is not optional. It's mandatory. And especially for what the military's intended purpose is, is, and that is to keep peace, right? We don't really use the, the go to war because it's it. There's a dichotomy to that that we'll discuss that we'll discuss later on, and what I found in my my historical research of of why it's 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 a it's a maintenance of peace, but the simplicity is everything, and one of the principles that we will frequently talk about is how. Uh, exercise and physical activity then you know this this pursuit of self-optimization and human durability is synonymous with war there are so many different factors that are happening at one given time there are so many different areas to focus on and there's so much volatility and unpredictability to to this this battlefield where one has an expectation of action in one direction it could go the complete other direction and throw you off kilter. Now, when you introduce somebody else to that equation or different armies to that equation or a, a lesion of people, a, a lesion of different chemical, neural and hormonal uh, uh, interactions, there adds even more chaos to it. So the focus has to be on simplicity. What is the foundation of how we're trying to do this? And with the Dura Human Paradox, uh, with some some big things I have coming up that I don't want to give away right now, I I give this idea of kiss, and it's it's a term that we talked about so frequently in my military career that even talking about it now kind of makes me giggle. But uh, and kiss is an acronym, and it stands for keep it simple, stupid. And unfortunately, um, many people think of uh, human performance literature. Uh, and they and they get paralyzed because there's so much about it. But one thing I loved about what what I managed to accomplish with the Dura Human Paradox and what we're gonna accomplish over these next few these next few years, um, fingers fingers crossed that you guys stick in that long. Yeah. But is uh, is its simplicity. Um, we talk about Kiss and we talk about Occam's Razor, um, but it, it, and in terms of why we started where we started and where we have been and where we're going to go, keeping it simple, stupid is the, is the bread and butter of this stuff, ladies and gentlemen, because when you have something that is two, three, four million different styles of topics, in order for this to be translatable, we all have to be on the same page. And that's in its simplicity. And when we juxtapose that with war right on the battlefield the ability to translate the mission objective and clear orders to to the men or women on the field could be the difference between mission accomplishment or defeat and if you overcomplicate it i mean plain and simple the enemy the enemy is going to win you can overcomplicate it from a perspective from from a perspective oversight so to them it looks complicated so they can't figure out what you're doing 
But everybody on the other side of this fence has to know what's going on. And it has to be simple because if it's not, then there's just there, there's going to be confusion. So if at times it seems as though, you know, uh, Darius, it's there's so much going on, man. But, you know, you make it sound so easy. You make it seem like it's just like there's one answer to everything or that, that, that there's just like there's this there's boom. Let's do it. And that's exactly how we want it to be, because without that simplicity, there there is an overwhelming almost tide of, of information that will drown out even the most knowledgeable and experienced sports psychologist or sports performance professional or historian or whatever your role is, whatever position you take. It's not enough to stop the wave. OK, because <laughs> when, when something comes, it's it, it, it's it's not stopping. Okay. So I just wanted to, uh, make that very clear that as we go through this journey, these principles have decades of research, decades of experience and, and decades of intricacies to them. But when we, when we talk through them, it's going to be so simple that it's almost going to be unbelievable. Just because all it takes is to challenge a narrative and then bring simplicity to it. And you will be surprised. You will be surprised what keeping it simple, stupid will do or keeping it stupid, simple, however you want to approach it. Right. But the beauty of it is realizing the prevailing commonality is simplicity. And when you can override all of the massive stimulus that may come from from, I mean, uh, name something from the many different things that one encounters throughout the day and realize that the foundation is in the mentality, the way you approach it, the the combined way of thinking being your mindset, then everything becomes a lot more clear. And with that being said, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, until next time, stay durable, my friends.